0: Whenever people talk about internal communications, one of the words that's commonly bandied about is engagement. What do we mean by engagement? Yes, we mean intellectual engagement, but we also mean establishing some kind of emotional connection, shall we say, to the audience. Now, in things like emails and other internal messaging, especially with something like digital signage, how on earth are you supposed to accomplish that? I don't know. Fortunately, I'm talking to somebody who might know, and that is Andrew Brown, co-founder of the Academy of Business Communications in Canada. Hello, Mr. Brown. Good day to you Derek. How are you? I'm quite good actually I'm uh, I'm, I'm feeling like uh, we should have an emotional bond at the end of this uh, talk.
1: I, I I like to think so uh, We won't get too touchy feely uh, like your intro where you suggest that I might be able to provide some light on the topics.
0: <laughs> all right but uh, thing, things should go quite nicely but try not to cry.
1: Oh, oh, all right all right.
0: Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Digital Signage Done Right. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast, I say again, and you can follow along with a full transcript of our conversation on the Physics website under Resources Podcasts. Whether you're using digital signage or not, our podcast gives you practical tips for communications and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. Okay. uh, Emotional connection. Uh, Andrew, what do we mean when we say that?
1: It is a feeling. Let's face it. Uh, Emotional connection is a feeling and some may call it loyalty, but it's really a feeling that your purpose as an employee is at least in the short term aligned with helping the organization achieve its goals. And as you spend more time, and it really is largely a function of time with an organization, that feeling expands or deepens, depending on what metaphor you want, to the point where you actually, again, feel your professional identity and parts of your personal identity are defined Find by your fulfilling the goals of the organization
0: huh so kind of like a uh, uh, coming together of external and internal um, goals and, and motivations exactly there is an
1: alignment you are one you've you've consumed the kool-aid you feel part of something bigger than you you are connected to the organization and it is emotion
0: hmm So why do organizations try and establish or sustain these connections? What's in it for them? Do do they just get like more productive workers or, you know, happy cows make happy milk? Or why why would they spend time doing this? Because they didn't used to.
1: Actually, I would say that over the years, there's been uh, a back and forth as to the degree to which organizations have devoted time, resources, energy. And it is uh, based on certain values of people as to whether or not it is important or not. But What's in it for them? Key when employees have that alignment, that emotional connection to an organization, it is a huge time savings, and a cost savings, and a risk reduction for the organization. And employees, you know, they'll buy into most, if not all, of those cultural values and the behaviors that are acceptable in that organization, regardless of the nature of those behaviors. I I I think of a client from years ago that had a very deceptive culture, a very lying culture, where the leaders throughout the organization would promulgate lies and it became just part of it. And everyone started to accept it and people bought into it and they reinforced it and they lied themselves. So it doesn't matter the nature of the behaviors. That's, the that's I think, the important thing to remember. It doesn't necessarily have to be positive things. We like to think that it's positive. What's important to remember is that having an emotional connection to an organization doesn't mean an employee is more competent, right? It doesn't mean they're more competitive or they're more in- innovative. It makes them go along with the organization and its priorities. In that sense, having an emotional connection makes employees, if you will, less disruptive to the organization's way of doing things. And understandably, having an emotional connection with an organization then is, I'll call it a double-edged sword. An employee buys into the, the company's values, acts in ways that are acceptable, but it makes it difficult to operate Outside the box, and when separation comes, and let, let's face it, face it, the nature of organizations, the emotional upheaval for employees means they feel as they've been kicked in the gut. All you have to do do is reflect on feelings, the emotional upheaval of being asked to leave an organization, right? Whether it's because of downsizing or changes of direction, you know, COVID-related uh, ripples. Organization closing its doors, performance issues, or whatever. The separation also, which I, I always find fascinating, has an impact on those with emotional connections who actually remain in the organization. You may have heard of the survivor syndrome, right? It's a feeling of guilt that people who stick around they have a feeling of loss for the relationships they've had. But what is what is really essential is that there's that that separation undermines that implicit contract that organizations have with all existing employees that is their system their way of doing things works and that that emotional break that's caused by survivor syndrome is multi-layered and and very disruptive so emotions are that double-edged sword they enhance continuity and uh, alignment Uh, They make sure that there isn't disruptions, but if there's any kind of proof point where that contract, that system of beliefs, it broken uh, or feelings broken, it's devastating for all those involved, the people within the organization as well as those who leave.
0: That's interesting because, you know, I I was thinking the other day about how, you know, you see this all the time in television shows, but also news stories and so on. You know, people really just kind of, melting down about losing their job for whatever reason. I've always kind of thought, oh, my God, just go get another job. I mean, I know the job market is what it is. And if you're, I don't know, if you're a coal miner and the whole area is going to solar power, obviously coal mining skills are not going to come into play. But I always sort of approached it from an intellectual perspective. And I never really, it never really sunk in until just now, uh, you talking that, oh, it's because there is this kind of perhaps um extra logical emotional connection it's almost like you're you're part of the tribe to a certain extent you know i mean in the old days uh kicking people out exile was a very severe punishment and it wasn't just because you lost the safety and security of the city state for example and now good luck out there on the road with uh you know the barbarians and the uh the, the robbers and and the bears you know but but also like you know you really do have this uh maybe an emotional connection that gets suddenly uh, severed yeah
1: well well think of it um, yeah, on a smaller level uh social ostracism right if you're part of a group and all of a sudden you're on the outs of the group that can be really disruptive and I mean even if you go take to the extreme uh solitary confinement. You know, people establish emotional connections with their jailers as well, just because of the need for social connection. And and so there's that psychological layer that comes with being in solitary confinement. But any kind of social being pushed out of a group is inherent. We're, We're social beings, but we need to develop emotional connections in order to survive.
0: Now, why do you think that is? Do you think that that just comes out of our, you know, our, um, our history as a species? Uh, and is it? Uh, you know, of course, then we get into the question of, uh, you know, can can memories and things like this be uh, genetically encoded as they are for some animals? You know, obviously, like I said, way back when, you know, saber two tigers roaming around out there. Hey, it makes sense to stay with the group. But I mean, in today's society, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for connection, right?
1: Yeah, we'd like to think that we've evolved from uh, those species, but at the heart, we're still hunter-gatherers, right? And emotional connections provide things that we as human beings seek to some degree in all of our social relationships, like psychological safety, uh, a sense of belonging, predictability, a sense of social order. You know where you are, where you belong in the group, and you get a sense of community. And- You also have power to influence. All those things are wrapped up in the need to establish emotional connections with one another and with our systems of one another, that is groups and organizations. Just consider a sports team that you followed enthusiastically and cheer for, right? You you are tethered to a community of people with a shared goal. And that goal is usually beat other teams, right? And over time, you're comfortable with knowing who in the team are superstars and how they're gonna perform, sometimes while competing and sometimes off the field. You may even forgive people, apologize for players' bad behaviors. Think of that emotional roller coaster you go through when the team does well or poorly. You have an emotional connection to an organization, and that's an organization which you don't have the additional reinforcements caused by you know, bringing your personal effort and receiving compensation.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, if my team wins or doesn't win the Super Bowl or the uh, World Series, I personally get no benefit from it.
1: No, except that part of that community, that that the dopamine hits, that uh, the endorphins that kick in, that get the, you know the, the pleasures being stimulated, and largely that is a social construct. We create that because we are part of a group.
0: Okay, so an organization wants to establish emotional connections with its uh, with its uh, staff its employees, and obviously its customer base as well. And then once that's established, sustain that, how do they do this?
1: That's a long question, but I think one way to tackle that is by addressing some questions that feed into how organizations. So I'm going to break it down into a few parts. So one, what are some of the myths about how, when, and why to create an emotional connection. So if, we're, if we want to figure out how to do it, we've got to understand some of the myths. Uh, what are some of the obstacles creating Emotional connection. Again, if you want to create an emotional connection, you've got to be aware of those obstacles, understanding the right circumstances for creating an emotional connection and some of the foundations that have to be in place. So you see lots of, lots of bits and pieces. So let me tackle some of the myths first. And this, you know, these are endemic in organizations. You can't buy emotional connections. You, so you, you can buy compliance with rules. You can buy conformity to social norms, but let's face it, people are messy, we're complex, we're driven by several different and often conflicting motivations, and money is not typically the top one. So you can't buy emotional connection, myth number one. Uh, Related to that, one size does not fit all. Establishing an emotional bond for some colleagues won't work for others. Uh, Another myth, emotional connection is not employee engagement. Just because employees are engaged, that doesn't mean they're emotionally connected. And by the way, for some organization, engagement scores and the benefits associated with engagement is all they really want. Uh, They want emotional connection uh they want to hit a score and because a lot of organizations will define engagement differently you really have to be careful of how you draw the linkage however in theory most of the time emotional connection i would call a underpinning of engagement it
0: needs to be there and it's hard it's hard to measure though too i think
1: um, there are there are scores of consultants out there that do nothing but that help uh, measure engagement. And I would argue that many of them don't actually look for those things that help you determine whether or not there is an emotional connection. So if I were to measure, and we, we've often been asked to hone, help organizations uh, with their engagement scores, because people think make the connection communications equals engagement and it is wrapped up in there. but some of the things if you're looking to measure an emotional connection one thing is trust uh do you trust the organization's leaders uh, do I, do you trust your colleagues will they support the, the mission and by extension you if the organization succeeds are you happy I mean, I've never seen that question placed on a survey or asked, but yet that is... A window into the degree to which people are emotionally connected to an organization. Do you so see yourself growing with an organization? Do you do you see yourself contributing to the organization's goals? Um, how important is the organization's purpose? How important are your colleagues to you? Those kinds of questions help to scratch away at the degree to which someone is emotionally connected. So it is difficult to measure. And those are some of the things that can help you measure. But let me get back to some of the obstacles. A lack of interpersonal communication skills is is a big obstacle. If you cannot connect with your supervisor, you are not going to have an emotional connection to an organization. But you and your supervisor have to be able to communicate well, clearly. and, And so if there's a lack of interpersonal communication skills, the trust bond, that emotional bond will never be established and it can be completely severed. Processes that prevent people from seeing themselves as part of the organization. And that, yes, does include poor communication, but it could be poor reward and recognition, poor performance and management processes, anything that gets in the way of people seeing themselves as being part of the the organization and contributing member. And here's a big one. Uh, I think I alluded to it earlier, lack of leaders commitments to establishing and maintaining strong emotional connections. Remember when we started Uh, The discussion we said, hey, is this something that is underway? Is it is it built in uh, to all organization? No, it's not. Some don't care. There has to be commitment,
0: right? Because I was thinking that that's the thing is how do you yeah how do you get all this? Because this is all kind of nebulous and like you said, the boss the bosses need to sign in, and they also need to. I I, you know I always think of I know I, I. sort of bad mouth large organizations a lot because i i have it in my head that all through the 20th century it really was very top-down hierarchical do what you're told some i mean think for some employees let's say even when i was growing up that was the only communication you ever got from your supervisor was an instruction or uh or being admonished for making a mistake that was it and now we're starting to go, oh, maybe we need to identify this person doesn't like to talk, this person won't look at you in the eye, this person's chatty, this person prefers emails. So we have these, we're trying to differentiate and individualize communication within the organization more.
1: Yeah, that's because largely organizations came out of that Ford. Uh, mentality meaning the uh, the assembly line let's make let's make things as standardized as possible and and that mentality filtered through how we would were to communicate with one another and i would say there's still vestiges of that right now I mean you, you've Probably heard organizations that are entrepreneurial that want to scale, and sometimes one of the primary method by which they do that is they look to standardize processes. Are time savers, but they can also sap out that uh, the nuance of working in a thriving, emotionally laden organization. Let's face it again: once you get you know more than two people together, you're going you're an organization. So uh, those circumstances, the foundations in place in order to establish an emotional connection, and and you know what we really can't talk about establishing an emotional connection without calling out for a moment a critical component of any organization, its culture. And don't don't worry, I'm not going to stop there. You know, I've, I'm frustrated when too many folks talk about culture and use it as a catch-all when they can't explain away or address key organizational issues. That drives me crazy. So for many such folks, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners, they hear the word culture and they say it, you know, it's nebulous, it's fluffy, it's intangible, things that that people refer to when they're asked to to describe, you know, the company culture. And, you know, sometimes people do struggle with Um, with describing culture. They'll use metaphors like entrepreneurials or or entrepreneurial or use descriptive words like friendly or fast moving or, or they look to the espoused values, you know, the stuff that's on the website, right? Because they sound good. But here it is. Here it is. It is the most practical short form anyone can use to help wrap their heads around culture. Are you ready? And here it is. It's really simple. Okay, it's identify three behaviors. That are truly act upon in your organization. Here it is. What the organization truly hires for, what the organization fires for, and what the organization rewards. Answer that, and you have accurately summarized what your organization culture truly is. I just think about one organization that was a client that had espoused some awesome, uh, values about, uh, creativity and inclusiveness and, uh, equality. And yet it was the person or rather a couple of people who gener- generated more revenue than anyone else within the firm, they could make other people feel lousy, they could uh, run rush up over processes and, but the organization kept them and they kept on rewarding them. And so that organization by its actions by who they hire, who they reward, and who they fire really demonstrated what the organization was all about, the culture. So first thing in, in establishing emotional connection is to make sure that your organization culture wants to establish an emotional connection. I know that sounds silly, but again, think about the, the real Values, the real priorities of the culture. If that's not really on the agenda, then chances are creating a strong, positive, emotional connection between employees and the organization is unlikely. A a quick caveat, You you may create some emotional bonds, but they won't be positive. Right? they they won't be long-lasting they won't contribute to long-term organization on individual health and that that can happen
0: well i was also thinking they might be um they might exist but they might not be the employees connecting to the organization per se but to one another you know like i just i just read a whole book about um tsr the company that invented dungeons and Dragons. Once they had a new leader, the leadership really they were focused on on books, not the game so much. They didn't really understand the games. They thought creatives were interchangeable. And so people, you know, for some of the people who got hired, they'd grown up as kids playing the game. So this was a dream come true job. And they Connected with the other creatives the other creatives, you know these these giants of art and writing and and imagination and creativity who had been their heroes were approachable and friendly and they absolutely loved it and there was this big deep emotional bond between the people but management just treat them like garbage basically they they would go on these random firings you know and things like this and and so the place ultimately had it had this weird dual emotional life on the one hand a place of being ignored a slight fear and on the other hand this feeling of being a family all at the same time
1: i'm so glad that you mentioned that Because we have talked about how important it is that uh, we are social beings and that we have connections to one another. And there are five key areas if we actually want to build an emotional connection. And certainly one of them is colleagues. But before I get there, I just want to stem off the discussion of culture. Because in addition to making sure that your organizational culture truly wants to establish an emotional connection, there must be from that deliberate action. That is, building a strong emotional bond must be intentional. It's not enough for a company's culture to be supportive of creating and nurturing an emotional bonds. There must be action supported by resources, time. Commitment to monitor it, measure and refine, and put another way, you don't want to build one by accident. Now, I want to bring up your point because this is the third foundation, or the, uh, that needs to be in place when it comes to building and sustaining emotional connections. And it's, it's there must be a focus on five areas to build connection. One, with, this gets a, the most play organization purpose that thing that rallies everyone around and is meant to guide and inspire right again please don't fall into that trap that lion's share of organizations do which is to focus so much on finding refining, and pro- promoting the organization's purpose that the other four areas that i'll m- mention uh, get neglect second Again, something that, that we all as organizational beings have to contend with, supervisors. It has to be a focus on supervisors. I know you've heard it before. Employees leave their jobs or stay and flourish mostly because of their direct supervisors. Supervisors have credibility with their direct reports. Supervisors are the organizational agents who draw the link between the organization's purpose and the rest of the team. They also provide that support, the emotional support, the insights, the caring, and the direction employees need in the daily and very human process of learning colleagues. Colleagues must be leveraged to establish and reinforce emotional connections. The good thing is, hey, we're human. So for the most part, we are social. We look for our work colleagues as opportunities to build strong emotional relationships.
0: Right. We're going to kind of do it a little bit all on our own.
1: Exactly. Two other areas, the task at hand, that is the series of job responsibilities that employees have. You know, is that task structured in a way that people enjoy them? Which, by the way, must include identifying where things don't go right and ways to improve them, right? We are learning beings. We don't establish an emotional connection easily with our task. But if we make errors and then we correct, well, then we start to build a stronger connection. And the fifth area is standards, believe it or not. Just think about the job standards that every employee must buy into. Just in the last few years alone, organizations of all shapes and sizes have spent got to be thousands of hours rolling out trainings and policies to help ensure tasks comply with standards. For instance, to help employees avoid being attacked by uh, cyber criminals. Right? These particular standards actually transcend any specific product or service, but focus on process standards. And whether they're process standards or product standards, organizations really need to do both. time to help employees feeling that these standards are critical to the organization and their own well-being. So there you have it. Standards, task at hand, colleagues, supervisors, and organization purpose. Those are the areas that any organization that really wants to focus on emotional connection. And again, back to just uh, up to the next level. So you've got those five components. So there's got to be deliberate action and there's got to be a organizational culture that values it. Those components, all of them have to be in place in order to establish a connection.
0: I hope I haven't exhausted everyone. <laughs> no, are you kidding? Talk forever about this stuff. We're not going to. We'll save that for another time. Establishing emotional connections is not something that happens haphazardly. And just because employees will naturally tend to do some of that themselves doesn't mean that organizations shouldn't actively engage in creating an environment that fosters and sustains uh, emotional connections between workers, between uh, workers and their supervisors, and between workers and the organization as a whole. Well, uh, super interesting stuff as always, Mr. Brown. Thank you for talking to me today.
1: that has been a pleasure. You know, I love being able to come and sharing some frameworks and some stories and some thoughts that will help your listeners, in this case, uh, establish or at least reflect on how they are establishing and uh, sustaining an emotional connection with their teams or with their colleagues or with their task or with their standards, but hopefully providing enough so that people have some direction, some deliberate, some sense of agency over this.
0: Righto. Mr. Andrew Brown is co-founder of the Academy of Business Communications, uh, you can find a link to that website on the transcript page on the Physics website for this episode. And, of course, the previous ones that Mr. Brown has also been involved with. Or you can always go to com and uh, that will also redirect you to the Academy of Business Communications. Uh, they're up there in Canada, but they constantly consult with organizations of all types to try and streamline and modernize uh, the way that they communicate, which uh, it's it's a moving target. It's always it seems like it's always changing. Every every year now, I I look at. Uh, things on the web. And I go, well, all that stuff from a couple of years ago is gone. Now we're talking about new stuff.
1: I I like to summarize our mandate as we we like to help organization make their employee communications suck
0: less. Always a good goal. Suck less. That should be like a company motto. We just want to suck less. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everybody out there for listening to this episode of Digital Signage Done Right. For more free stuff, head to ResourcesOnPhysics.com for guides, videos and more to help with your visual communications. Please subscribe and share and contact us for information about our digital signage solutions.